I think the reason that Dave asked me to do this is I came in a number of months ago and asked him to help me with something. I've been asked to deliver a talk at the Global Lean Leadership Summit, which is a meeting in California in September of 150 uh, business owners from all over the world, from lean organizations. These people are super successful when they get together once a year to talk about develop developments in lean and uh, manufacturing sector. And so I'm supposed to come and give a message in September. So uh, I asked Dave to help me with it, and he said, do you want to give that message to our congregation? And I said, sure. So here I am. So this is something I've been working on a lot. I feel it's actually um, pretty important because these guys are all super affluent. And if I can uh, influence them in some way, they have some real power to change things. A lot of these guys are billionaires. They're very successful people. So, there we are, right? Floating along. The title of the sermon is, What Impact Are You Having? When you look at that planet, it seems a little more fragile than it does just standing down here, doesn't it? You look down on it from space like that and you think, what impact am I having on the world? So... Here it comes. You may have heard the saying, with great power comes great responsibility, right? Have you heard that saying? I asked some people about that. Actually, my, my oldest son, when I told him that, you're going to laugh at this, but he said, oh, yeah, it's, it's Ben Parker, right? I said, who's Ben Parker? He's like, it's, it's Spider-Man's uncle. With great power comes great responsibility. And I'm like, okay. Ben Parker might have said that. It turns out Ben Parker did say that. And if you... Uh, look that up, you'll see that's what a lot of people think, that that came from Ben Parker. Um, and I think it's good advice even from Ben Parker, especially if you're a superhero, right? Like if you're going to crawl around on the walls, you better use that power responsibly, right? But no, it did not come from Ben Parker. Uh, actually, it's been invoked throughout history. Winston Churchill said it, right, as one of the leaders of the free world. He was feeling a certain pressure to act responsibly. Uh, and actually, even when we swear in our Supreme Court justices in this country, it's one of the things that they're reminded of, right? When they do the ceremony swearing in a judge on the Supreme Court, hey, with great power comes great responsibility. We're expecting those guys to uphold our laws and to make the right decisions. So it's been used a lot of ways in our culture, but actually it's way past that. It goes all the way back. It's actually a biblical concept you will find a similar concept to that in just about every major religion in the world, in Confucianism and Hinduism. Um, for us this morning, let's concentrate on what it says in the Christian Bible. So, if you'll turn to John fourteen twelve, I will read that to you. Oh, I had it marked and my marker fell out. Well, here we go. Come on, guys. There, there we go. There's John. New Testament. 14.12. I don't like reading Scripture mostly out loud because mostly I'm always afraid that I'm going to come across a passage that's got a bunch of names in it and I won't know how to pronounce them and then people will think I'm an idiot. But in this case, I will read this uh, to you. When I first read this passage, 
it actually, I couldn't wrap my head around this. If you really read what this says and you take it very literally, it's almost unfathomable. Here it is, John 14, 12. Truly, truly, now this is Christ speaking here. If you have a red letter Bible, this would be in red. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who believes in me will also do the works that I do. And greater works than these will he do, because I go to the Father. Okay. Think about that for a minute. Think about all the incredible, amazing things that Christ did while he was on earth. This passage says, you're going to do all that stuff and more, right? Here we are on Pentecost Sunday, which is the day we celebrate the coming of the Holy Spirit, right? Where we say, look, Christ has come down, the Holy Spirit is in you. If that's not tremendous power, I don't know what is, right? That, does that make you feel a certain responsibility? I know when I read that passage, I think, man... I don't know about walking on water and all that, but I mean, I'll do my best, right? Think about all the amazing things Christ did. If that doesn't convict you, I think the next passage will. If you will flip to Luke 12.48. And actually, I'm going to start back at 12.47. This actually is a little bit scary to me, but I think it's worth talking about. Luke 12.47. And the servant who knew his master's will but did not make ready or act according to his will shall receive a severe beating. But he who did not know and did what deserved a beating shall receive a light beating. Everyone to whom much is given, of him much will be required. There it is. Great power comes great responsibility, right? Okay. So I think the Bible's pretty clear. You've been given the power. The Holy Spirit's come down. Now you're expected to have a good impact. So when I think about that, there are things that get in my way. Worldly things mostly, right? But uh, what are a few of them? What are things that keep you from making a big impact? You can just shout one out if you want. Anybody? What keeps you from action? Negativity. People get negative, right? They drag you down. I feel that. Okay, what else? Fear. That's a great one. Fear. I succumb to fear all the time. What about apathy? You ever think, oh man, nah, it's, that's somebody else's problem. Right? It's not in my backyard. Can't see that from my house. You ever heard of that saying? Okay. What about finances? What about money? You think, man... That problem is going to take a lot of money to fix it, and I don't have a lot of money. Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hit that one right in the face right now. Uh, the rest of them, I'm just gonna let you chew on. But the money deal, I'm not gonna let that slide. So, uh, Randy and I were talking about this. There's a there's a gentleman in Kenya. His name is Julius Teros, and Julius Teros is a young guy. He is a world class runner. A lot of the best middle and long distance runners in the world come from Kenya. And so his coach says that if things go right, that he may very well be the world champion in some of the middle distance races at some point in the future. That's Julius Teros. 
Now, one of the things that happens to these guys in Kenya, they run to try to get their way out of poverty. They are in horrible poverty, right? And so during the filming of this documentary that I watched, they're following Julius Teros around, and they said, how much do you run? And he said, 200 kilometers a week. And I thought, holy mackerel. If I ran 200 kilometers in a week, I would probably just die right on the spot. Probably die at about the 10-kilometer mark, but 200K a week. And they said, okay, awesome. How long does that take? He says, well, I get up before the sun is up. I run the miles. I have my lunch, and then I go to work. In the process of filming this, the crew realized that this man is only eating one meal a day. One meal a day. So they follow him to work, and he is, in the afternoons, because he doesn't have any major sponsorships yet, right? Nike hasn't bought in on this kid. He's not winning a bunch of races yet. He's poor. So he goes to work, and he works at a local plantation where they plant potatoes, and, and they're trying to make food. Now, when I say plant potatoes, I'm not saying that Julius Taros goes to his job and gets on a John Deere tractor and plows a giant field, and they plant a bunch of stuff. That's not what they do. He has a hoe. Him and a whole bunch of guys are hoeing up the ground by hand. He works, right? If you've ever hoed anything in the ground, you know that's work. Between four and five hours a day, he does this six days a week. Guess what his pay is for this five hours of work? One dollar. He gets paid one dollar for five hours of digging. Which is why he only eats one meal a day. When they asked him about it, he said, well, I'd like to eat more. I know I'm burning six or 7,000 calories, but I don't have any money. Okay. You are, just by the virtue of being in this room, one of the wealthiest people in the world. If your annual household income is over $50,000 for a family of four, you are in the top 1% of earners in the world. Do you understand that? That means we are the richest people in the world. You got that? Okay. So if something's holding you up, do not let it be money. Right? If you don't have any money, you've got friends that will help you. Right? I'm not inclined to ask for a handout. Ask how many people here, it's like if you had a cause, would be comfortable saying, hey, can you just give me $10 so I can help these people? Well, we don't do that, do we? Why not? What else is getting in your way? How about pride? My pride gets in the way all the time. I have nine adopted children. I spent $2 million on this. A lot of you, most of you, just about everyone in here has helped me at some point financially. My pride says don't ask for help. Get rid of that right now. Do you think you don't have money? Stop. You are not Julius Teros. Go dig in the field for four hours or five hours and get paid a dollar and then talk to me. Okay. Did I hit that in the face hard enough? Now look, I, just, I told Bev, I don't, I don't want to sound accusatory. I, I want to encourage you. Okay? I'm not the bone, you know, pastor calls it the bony finger of indignation. Get out there and do something. You have cash. What are you doing? Right? That's not what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to encourage you. Okay. So here's the big question. What impact are you having? Right? Here's another way to put it. How do other people think of you when they think of you? 
Or what do you want people to think about you when they think about you? I can tell you what I want. A friend of mine says, you can't make anybody do anything. All you can do is show them what you're doing and hope that they'll think about it and start doing something themselves. That's all you can do. So here's what I hope. Some of you, I think, would think this if you, if you said, hey, what do you think about that guy, Ted? I hope you would view me as kind, honest, hardworking, generous, humble. Right? Here's a laughable one, soft-spoken. Okay, I don't get that one, do I? I'd like to be soft-spoken sometimes. Some of you that are soft-spoken, I admire that character trait. Right? Motivated, compassionate, caring, thoughtful, patient, understanding. There's a lot of stuff that I would hope you think about me, right? Now, if you ask the right person, or maybe it's the wrong person, I don't know, what they thought about me, you might get a different answer, right? Stuff like volatile, right? Mean, obstinate, right? Loud and obnoxious, over-opinionated, self-righteous, unscrupulous, ill-mannered, reckless, irresponsible, overbearing, you might hear that about me, right? Okay. So which one is it? They're all accurate. They're all accurate. I have the capacity to be all of those things. What I'm asking you to do is let the Holy Spirit come in you and try to push those negative things out of your life. Don't be that person. You have a choice. You get to make a choice. Here's another way to think of it. What would you like it to say on your headstone? You know there's not a whole lot of room unless you get a great big headstone. What would you like it to say? Okay? Good. All right. I'm going to give you just a moment to think about this. What impact would you like to have on the world? Okay, so I asked you the question, what impact are you having on the world? Are you happy with it? Are you happy with the impact that you've been having on the world? And then I asked you the question, what impact would you like to have on the world? Now I'm saying, do that. Okay? I want to be known as a giver. I asked you the question, what do you want it to say on your headstone? I want it to say, he was a giver. But, as I've already mentioned, I fall short all the time. There are definitely days of taking more than I can give. 